This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. So because Steve did such a terrible job last week, I'm here to welcome you to Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, episode 130. My name is Adam. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. Oh, geez. Now I screwed it up. My phone just beeped like right in the middle of the intro. I'll silence it now. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Uh-oh. Adam's in trouble. That literally was not planned either. Uh, <laughs> shout out to our good friend Nathan Harvey for being the one who sent that text message just now. It's his birthday. So happy birthday, Nathan. Yay. Happy birthday. All right, guys. Well, I would like to welcome you all to episode 130. That's a 13 with a zero at the end of Taylor Talk. <laughs> this is Taylor Talk, the Ingrid Michaelson edition. Whoa. Sort of. It's still <laughs> all about Taylor, but we'll get to Ingrid in a sec. I hope I piqued your curiosity with that. Um, we'll get to the main discussion in just a few minutes after Sammy gives us the news. So, Sammy, please. We all know Taylor goes above and beyond for her fans, but when a fan named Gina invited Taylor to her bridal shower this past Sunday, Taylor actually went. Taylor flew to Ohio with presents for the bride and groom and spent, uh, seemed to enjoy her first bridal shower ever. You can watch Taylor's log of the event of, in this week's episode guide at taylortalk.org slash episode 130. Whoa, Sammy. Yes. I got to ask you. Yeah. Why is that news? But uh, when Gina had her bachelorette party here in Vegas and I crashed it, that didn't make the news. Because nobody cares about you, Adam. Wow. That was brutal. But truthful (laughs) at the same time. No, we love you, Adam. Yeah, well, thanks. (laughs) But the same can be said. How come it was news when it was your birthday and nobody acknowledged mine? Wait, what? Ooh. That's a good point. So Sammy's birthday was last week, everybody. <laughs> everybody wish Sammy a happy birthday. Happy birthday to Okay, oh, that's not too little, too late, Adam. Yes. <laughs> well, nobody knew it was your birthday, Sammy, until Facebook that's told me. The point me. is that everybody knew your birthday was coming. Nobody knew mine was coming. Oh. <laughs> Can I keep going now? Yes, you may. Thank you. <laughs> Taylor attended Ingrid Michaelson's album release party at the chapel at Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn on April 16th. She sat with Law & Order SVU star Mariska Hargitay and posed for a picture with Mariska and Ingrid. And Taylor keeps racking up the award nominations. This time she was nominated for 11 World Music Awards. She is nominated for Best Female Artist, Best Live Act, Best Entertainer, and Best Album. Sweeter Than Fiction was nominated for Best Song, and as, as well as I Knew You Were Trouble, Everything Has Changed, and 22. Everything Has Changed, I Knew You Were Trouble, and 22 were also all nominated for Best Video. Does this mean Taylor is competing against herself? You may vote for Taylor Swift every day at worldmusicawards.com. The awards take place on May 27th in Monte Carlo. Wait, so Taylor is actually competing against herself in an award? Yes. Yeah, she's competing against herself three ways in two different categories. How strange. Wow. Oh, actually, four ways in best song and three ways in best video. Wait, what do you, what, what do you mean, four ways? <laughs> because best song, she's nominated. Sweeter Than Fiction is nominated. I Knew You Were Trouble, Everything Has Changed, and 22 are all nominated for best song. And I Knew You Were Trouble, Everything Has Changed, and 22 are all nominated for best video. Wait, so isn't that four out of like a total of five? So if Taylor doesn't win that, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, that would be kind of sad. <laughs> I didn't even know that was allowed, but me neither. Okay. I like I went through them and I tweeted the ones that I saw, and then people kept tweeting me back, and they were like, "No, this one's also nominated," and this one. And I was like, "Whoa, okay, <laughs> weird." And, well, and Adam, that would be the Monte Carlo in Monaco, not the one in the Vegas Strip. Well, why? Wa- oh, <laughs> man, just wanted to clear that up. Sorry. Well, thank you for the clarification, Steve. Coming up Steve. in Vegas. What's that? Adam, do you know what award show is coming up in Vegas? Billboard Awards. I'm going to be going again. Yay. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the Billboard Awards. That was the first award show I actually ever attended when I was like 11 or 12 years old. Is that true? That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I was a ticketed holder. I was a... Here's a fun story for you, Sammy, actually. Based mm-hmm. on Billboard Awards, it was in 2001. Um, mm-hmm. And I was there and mm-hmm. uh, on an aisle seat. And this was back when Mariah Carey was still famous and relevant. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> um, wow. And Mariah Carey Burn. came walking down the aisle next to me, and uh, she shook my hand as she was walking by, and it was Aww. it ended up being on camera televised. So That's when I awesome. got to school the next day, because mind you, the award show's on a Sunday, yeah. I get to school the next day, I was like a mini celebrity. It was so cool. Everybody's <laughs> like, I saw you on TV with Mariah Carey. <laughs> That's great. That's so cool. It was really cool. I was really yes. excited. And Taylor's nominated for two awards at the Billboards, right? Two, right? Yes. Sammy, that you did correct. the news, not us. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't in the news this week. I didn't write it. <laughs> it was previous, but yeah, I believe it was two awards <laughs> yeah, that she's nominated for. Well, she better win. I'm not going for nothing. <laughs> she's not perform. Is she? Well, I don't know. She performed, she performed last, year, last year, and that was one of the most phenomenal performances. Like last ever. year was an awesome performance. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really was. It's the one that started backstage. You remember and yeah. went through, and they had all the local Vegas performers integrated into her performance. Like they had the Jabberwockies, you know, the dance team. They had yeah, a bunch of the, Cirque du Soleil performers. I don't think Blue Man was part of it. Maybe not. But a bunch Somebody of Vegas performers were, which was really neat. Yep, and really she cool. wore the infamous haters gonna hate shirt yes oh. i have one of those <laughs> sammy has so one do of those. i mine mine's not taylor teal though mine is okay well thank you for the news sammy is there anything well, to update on uh, the red tour no oh hmm. it's coming starting back up soon okay so there'll Does be some count? updates soon <laughs> soon soon and then like a week after you're going to be updating on like the next album tour Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> it, it was a little bit of sarcasm there. Just, <laughs> so was mine. <laughs> you know, making fun of the fact that the Red Tour is is still going. Forever and ever. <laughs> it's and never going to stop. There is no fifth album. It's just Red Tour Extended. <laughs> but there's also no um, Red Tour plat- Red Album Platinum or whatever. It's just the same album and the same tour forever and ever and ever. Exactly. But speaking of the next album, I know a few minutes ago I promised you this was the Ingrid Michaelson edition, and she will be mentioned a few times throughout here based on Taylor's interaction with her. But really, it just it, it felt like it was time again for another one of those fifth album speculation discussions. Mm-hmm. I do want to credit Steve for for coming up with the main discussion this week because Steve's like, oh, we got all this evidence that has uh, recently been released. And so we're going to go through all of it and just sort of figure out what we can figure out about the fifth album. And, of course, I always preface this by saying this is speculation. Anything we say about the fifth album may or may not be true, and probably we are inaccurate. So, uh, but we're <laughs> We gonna, don't have any inside scoops. We're there, just there's, a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of wonderful unknown about album number five of Taylor's. Oh, good job, Steve. <laughs> Steve's a funny guy. Is that, the, uh, is that the Ingrid Michaelson song that Taylor tweeted about? Uh, yep. That would be correct. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go in order of the notes here. Steve drafted us some notes on everything that's been going on. Very kind. Thank you, Steve. Welcome. Now we have them to follow. There was, of course, recently a tweet from Brian Mansfield, the Nashville correspondent for USA Today, and oh, also love. also featured interview on Taylor Talk episode something. <laughs> I think Good it was job, like Adam. 13, 14. I don't know. Either way, it'll be linked in the show notes uh, for this episode. TaylorTalk.org slash episode 130. We'll link that for you. But Brian Mansfield tweeted, and mind you, Brian Mansfield, for those who don't know, is the first person Taylor ever followed on Twitter. So if you go through the people she follows, he is number one. He was the very first one. And he was talking during the week, answering Twitter questions, and he had said that very early on in her career, in like 2006 or 2007, they were seated at a dinner together at the same table, and they just struck up a friendship, Um, and he's known her ever since. Sammy, at at risk of um, (laughs) shamelessly plugging that episode again, Brian actually told that story in detail on the episode in which we interviewed him here on Taylor There you Talk. go. So go listen for more of that. Yeah, no, he told At a the lot of- episode he, that Adam doesn't remember. I know. Should I look it up really quick? Sure. I may as well look it up for everyone, right? But for those, you know, for those interested, Brian Mansfield has- Episode fact, 11. Was it 11? Good job, Steve. Steve yep. beat me to it. <laughs> Whoa, Steve was fast. But like Sammy said, Brian has known Taylor since she was 15 years old and had a lot of great insight into her early career and what she was like before, and he still has a relationship with her now. He's a very good guy. He really likes Taylor, and you should go and follow him. Yes, and without further ado, his tweet. He said, Overheard today from someone who has listened to the new Taylor Swift music, 
it's like other it's like the other albums were practice for this one. Boom. Mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> so what does that mean? Because, I mean, we've talked in all of our song analyses about, you know, her writing style being, uh, you know, second to none. It's, it's beyond anything any other artist right now is doing. It's so complex. It's so meaningful. It's so emotional. It's so metaphorical. So how is this next one, like, beyond that? What did she do? She just one-upped herself is what she did. Pretty much. <laughs> but how? <laughs> I would say lyrically, musically. I, I think and then, we'll... Brian, but Brian also went on to say that the subject matter of, from what he knows, the subject matter has been broadened. So whereas, mm. you know, generally Taylor likes to write about love. She's good at writing about love. We all love her love songs. But he also Sammy, I'm not going to gonna write you a love song because you okay, asked thank for you. it. <laughs> oh, Cerberus. Uh, got it. Um, but he also, he seemed to think that her subject has broadened. So there might be songs about love. There might be songs about friendship. There might be songs about, you know, dealing with stuff that you don't want to deal with. You know, whatever it is. Like, so her subject matter has also changed. And that can affect that the fact that it's, you know, well, that makes a it. lot of sense because you remember when we were w waiting for Red and we were speculating about Red before we even knew it was called Red. There was that quote from Taylor about it being really sad about some I insane heartbreak. Yep. And that ended up being what we, you know, what we presume to be um, the Jake Gyllenhaal yep. relationship. She hasn't had anything like that since then. So maybe mm -hmm. some of those thoughts are still inspiring, but then it's other life events that are inspiring more of the songs. Yeah. Makes sense to me. I'm and still... And she's also, I mean, she's been single pretty much this, not the entire time, but a good chunk of the two years that she spent writing this album. So obviously she's had a lot of different life experiences that she has over the past albums. And so she's going to obviously expand on what she's been writing about because her life is different than it was two years ago four years ago six years ago right and ago. i am still calling this i try I, I tried saying this would make an appearance on red and it never did and it sounds morbid but i think there has to be something somewhere that discusses death or analyzes it or something well i mean she has experienced death in her life i'm sure i mean i mean i don't know what family members of hers have sadly passed away off the top of my head but well the only one I, the only ones i can think of i don't of, know that she would write about it well i i don't think she has yet coped with the passing of cory monteith in a song oh that's true that would be interesting i and i don't think it'll be directly about him but more no. about emotions associated with how you feel when someone close to you dies and then um, after another episode, there were a ton of listeners that pointed out to me there actually was a time, I forget what year and I forget what award show, but Taylor was at one, and in her thank you speech, she discussed a friend of hers from high school who had passed like the day before. Mm, yeah. And there she was are, really sad. If you so. go visit um, Hendersonville High School, there's, uh, I mean, it's a newer high school, so there is an entire, you know, little seating area dedicated to kids that have passed in the high school over the past i don't know how long the school has been there 20 years maybe school is very new um 20 years so, is new well yeah i mean a lot of schools have been there since like the 50s and 60s like that school's been there since like the early 90s okay um and that would that actually could be an interesting thought adam i hope so i keep saying it and i'm always proven wrong and i think that there also could be you know taylor has talked a lot about you know fans that come to her saying that they were dealing with you know insecurity or depression or anxiety or you know self-harm or whatever it is not to get to whatever about it but you know so she you know and she has tied together with a smile which is about whatever it's going to be about um so you know she could also talk about that in a song knowing that she has a lot of fans that are dealing with those kind of issues as well okay well, let's take a look at what our good buddy Ed has to say about it. And by Ed, I mean Ed Sheeran. And by good buddy, I mean I've never met him before in my life, but I'd like to be friends with him. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
So Ed said, I've heard most of the new record, which is pretty, pretty good. Very, very good. The standard just keeps getting raised. Should I read this, the rest of this in a British accent? Should I have no, done that? No. Because, no? If you don't. could, go ahead. No, I'm not. Uh, like <laughs> anybody listening from, from the UK is going to be like emailing me. Adam, your British accent's terrible. Uh, anyway, so finishing the quote, Ed, Ed finished by saying, when you hear how good the songs are on the last record, and then you hear these ones, it's weird. She's just growing as a songwriter, I guess. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, I found that very intriguing because Ed is a very talented songwriter himself, and I think both of them are among the best out there right now. I agree, and that definitely ties into what Brian said about all the other albums being practiced for this one. He's saying that she's growing, and Brian clearly heard the same thing. Well, I wonder if, um, in terms of growing as a writer, Taylor has always written for herself, right? Mm-hmm. And because her life is very similar to the lives of her fans fans have just naturally related what if she's growing in the sense that she's starting to write music that not only relates to her but is actually intended to be for her audience that does that make sense to me oh that makes yeah, total that, sense. that definitely makes sense i mean like you said a lot of things that she's going through are things that her audience is going through so even if she kind of geared it more towards you know, specific situations that she knows about fans or, you know, what she thinks that we as a whole might be going through. It's still something that she can relate to and internalize herself. Yeah. So I just thought that was a very intriguing quote from Ed because I'm like, it it got me thinking as to how could someone who is such a talented writer already grow even further? Yeah. I'm not saying she can't grow. Everybody has room to grow. But no, of course. what made me think about it is how. Like, where could she possibly go? She shocks us every single time. That Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the uh, what about the sound of it? Here's where uh, Ingrid comes into play. Because Taylor did tweet recently, got to go to a magical at Ingrid Music, which is Ingrid Michelson's Twitter account. Got to go to a magical... <laughs> Sorry. Start again. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. got to go to a magical Ingrid Music concert tonight and hear the new album out now. My favorite is Wonderful Unknown. And I think as we've discussed before, Taylor always tweets with a purpose. She's not like one of those people who just tweets for the heck of it and just tweets anything and everything. Every one of her tweets is very deliberate. Mm-hmm. And to really kind of give a... Uh a thumbs up to to someone else's music. I mean, that's not something, you know, to to almost endorse it in a way. Uh, that's just not something that normally most artists do easily. So that's good to I see mean, Taylor, her doing. Taylor does that quite a lot. She is obviously a huge fan of all music, and I think that she knows that her audience, her followers, love music too. Her loyal so minions. She, her loyal minions. <laughs> Um, and so she wants to, you know, project and express to her loyal minions the music <laughs> that she's listening to because she very strongly feels like we would enjoy it too. I don't right. think she's just saying it to say it. I don't think she's getting paid to say it. You know, no, I think but that she then sincerely Sammy, wants us to listen to it. If she thinks we would enjoy it too, do you think she's drawing inspiration from Ingrid Michaelson's new album? Or maybe even just that specific song. Is she drawing inspiration? Is is the Personally, sound going to be similar? Is there going to be any similarities? I don't think so, personally. Just based on, like, you know, things that she's said before, artists that she's tweeted about before, because, like we just said, she tweets about artists a lot. Um, you know, these are all, at least the ones that we have listed and the ones that I can think of off the top of my head, they're artists that she enjoys and there are even, you know, people that she's played with, like Fall Out Boy were a special guest on the tour, and she's covered Coldplay before. Um, and, you know, I like she obviously likes these artists, but at the end of the day, her music doesn't sound like theirs. It, it never has, and I think she just likes the music. I think she's, in, you know, inspired by the creativity or the words or whatever it is, but I don't think that it affects her music. Well, Steve, I want to hear from you because I, I know that you kind of were leaning in, in the opposite direction of that, that maybe Taylor is drawing some inspiration. So, 
Argue well, with I, Sammy I, for a minute. <laughs> I, I just found some things interesting about this whole new album that Ingrid released, and, and that song's a prime example. It's not, it's maybe not the poppiest song on Ingrid's new album, which I thought was kind of interesting. I thought Taylor would actually kind of gravitate towards more of the, the poppy sound. Like, uh, for instance, uh, you know, most of the, the, the songs that Ingrid has released in the past have always been kind of kind of along the lines of Wonderful Unknown. If you listen to her music, it's, it's, it's very soft and, and very meaningful. That's, that's what I think is important about this song is the lyrics are, are rather good in this song. And it's something like Taylor would write. Maybe not this particular song, but, you know, and it has a collaboration. Um, actually, the, the whole album has a bunch of collaborations on it, too, which I think may be something Taylor's going to be doing on her fifth album. Um, this one was with uh, Greg Laswell, who is actually Ingrid's uh, husband. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that, that that's a good point, that she could um, take some lyric notes from her and use like that kind of theme musically i'm not really sure you guys would have to listen to this song and you know decide what what you think i just kind of think that like you know obviously someone like ed sheeran is an amazing songwriter as well and taylor obviously was inspired by him and you know he in turn was inspired by her and you know lyrically they they both kind of make each other raise the bar but, you know, since hanging out with Ed, her music hasn't gone in the direction that Ed's has. So I'm not sure that her being an Ingrid fan would make her music musically go in that direction. You know but she saying? also she did collaborate with Ed after talking about him a bit. So Yeah, but, you know, the song that she collides with Ed was more her style than his style. This well, what about a collaboration with Ingrid, though? I mean, the pattern is very similar. Like in how she became friends with Ed and helped promote his music a little bit, and then all of a sudden he was on her album. Right, like Taylor does not tweet just no, to tweet. She has him, like I could see Ingrid being maybe a co-writer on a song with her. Okay, okay. Um, but it would still be in Taylor's genre, just maybe with a different lyric theme. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What does Ingrid sound like as a whole? Like, how would you describe her sound? Because I'm not super familiar with her. That's Steve's. Well, <laughs> I, I, from the most current album, if you want to hear two totally different sides of Ingrid, uh, right now, for instance, uh, her single Girls Chase Boys, and then compare that to Wonderful Is Unknown. Is that true, Sammy? And you'll kind of no get idea. the whole gamut. That was a that was a joke because he he <laughs> said a song was called "Girls Chase Boys," so I was like, "Is that true, Sammy?" Oh, I get it. He, uh, yeah, sure. We'll go. Yeah. Okay then. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of collaborations, and you know all, all the different artists Taylor's worked with, she also had the tweet back in March about a month ago saying one of the only unchanging things about my life in the last 10 years is my love of Paramore, Ingrid Michaelson again, Fallout Boy, and Coldplay. And that's a little bit all over the place, too. I mean, those are all... I mean, it definitely is, but Paramore Paramore and Fallout Boy have both been guests on tours with her. Um, Paramore was at the Nashville show for Speak Now, and Fallout Boy was at um, MetLife Stadium for the Red Tour. And Taylor has covered Coldplay before. She did a cover of Viva La Vida at the at, um, BBC Radio 1 when um, Speak Now came out. I remember um, that. And um, I can remember sitting in the library listening to it. Anyway, um, and um, Ingrid has been lyrics down Taylor's arm during Speak Now. So Taylor has a relationship with these artists like she said, that has been going on for 10 years. But then that kind of also goes back to the question about whether they influence Taylor's music. I mean, does Taylor sound like Fall Out Boy and Coldplay? No. But, you know, you can kind of see in certain songs where she might be slightly influenced by them a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Adam, I got a question for you. Steve, I might have an answer. It depends <laughs> you, on you should, what because the question it's a- is. <laughs> it's actually geared towards towards you here. So, 10 years ago, did you listen to some of the same music then as you are now? And if so, which artist? Oh, that's a tough question. I would say as a general rule, no. 
I mean, 10 years ago, you're talking about I was in high school. Uh, music was just different. Artists on the radio. Because part of the thing with that question, Steve, mm-hmm. is the fact that a lot of artists are just fads that come and go. For example, I really enjoyed, you know, a while ago, Panic at the Disco, and they've kind of faded. I, they, they don't really have anything. You know, they keep coming back into the scene and then disappearing again. But for the most their, part, their new artists, album's really good, though. I do like that one. Okay. Well, I've kind of got into them a little more. <laughs> <laughs> got back into them. Yes. Uh, but for the most part, artists that were around 10 years ago are, are not necessarily around now. Or is it your music taste have changed, or a combination of both? It's probably a combination of both, but, I mean, when you look at it, the Beatles weren't even around for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of amazing with these artists that Taylor picked, and it's interesting because a lot of them, their music has kind of evolved and changed as time has gone on, too. Well, that's how they've managed to stay relevant and not fizzle like a lot of those uh, artists that disappear. Right. And that's what I think is kind of important that Taylor kind of lives in that same sort of light where, you know, how can I evolve my music without alienating the people that have previously enjoyed it, but also kind of grow as an artist and get new fans and kind of push the boundaries of my musical abilities. Well, in that case, let's think for a minute and think what's popular on the radio right now. I am the worst person for that question because I only listen (laughs) to country radio, but... What is popular on pop radio? Miley Cyrus. Oh, God, for, Taylor, Pharrell? don't do that. <laughs> Pharrell. Yeah, um, so do you know what? I'd rather Taylor fizzle and her career fade into the background than have her turn into Miley Cyrus. Yeah, but see, like, the thing the thing with that, though, is that, like, if you go back and listen to, you know, a Paramore CD from 10 years ago, a follow-up play from CD, CD from 10 years ago, Coldplay from CD from 10 years ago. I don't know about Ingrid because I didn't listen to her 10 years ago. But their music, while it has grown with them as an artist, you can definitely hear the very, like that they're very similar in, in vain to what they were a decade ago. I mean, they're not exactly the same, and they definitely all have grown as artists. But like if you compare Paramore's current single, I'm really sorry, I don't know the name of it, but I would hear, know it if I heard it on the radio, to you know a song that they had 10 years ago, it's very, very similar. And I like I kind of feel like they have all learned how to like grow with their audience. So while like the music that they're playing is still, you know, something that their fans from ten years ago would like, it's also music that people that are now that age, that are now fifteen, you know, fifteen, sixteen, whatever, would enjoy that music as well. And I feel like Taylor would be able to do that rather than completely changing to fit the mold of what's on pop radio now. You See, know what I, don't, I don't think you're right on that, especially with Paramore. Um, I could probably also say Coldplay was another one that their music has evolved. If you listen to, you know, a prime example would be go back to, for Paramore back to the Riot album because that mm-hmm. that one I'm sure you know one song off of that, and that would be uh, the one she performed with Haley Williams yeah, on yeah. the Speak Now tour. You know, but like uh, if you listen to that song, like I have their duet on my ipod if you listen to that song compared to the one that's on the radio which is now in my head and i don't know the name of it and it's gonna bother me they do sound very similar are you talking about ain't it fun yes okay. thank you. hey steve <laughs> steve forgive me for disagreeing entirely but um you know you're saying it evolved and i think evolve within reason is sort of a better better yeah, I mean, viewpoint like, on that like because Paramore- Taylor you know. has evolved also, but she's evolved in the sense that as she's grown, yeah. the theme has changed a little bit. But at its core, at its root, Taylor is still the same Taylor writing about her personal life experiences. So in that sense, nothing has changed. Yeah. As opposed to everything has changed. <laughs> wah, wah. And I, like, I mean, I guess the I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, fans like, you know, say the fans now of Taylor that are 13, 14, 15 that are, you know, in love with songs like Everything Has Changed and, you know, All Too Well and all of these current songs. In 10 years, Taylor is going to have evolved in, you know, her music style and her lyric style and everything. But the fans that are listening to Everything Has Changed at age 15, I kind of feel like her music is going to have evolved enough in 10 years 
but those fans that are now 25 and 10 years are still going to want to listen to that music to her new music. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think, see her changing that much. And, and I see a lot of people, a lot of artists, you know, some of them are flashing the pans, but I think, especially the ones Taylor mentioned there, I think are ones that just are making small changes. I mean, Paramore is a prime example because the lineup is totally changed from the first album. I mean, Haley Williams is the only person that's been in Paramore from the beginning. So you, yeah. it has changed greatly. Their sound has changed and everything. I think it's tough if you're not a fan of a particular artist, though. You kind of have that view from the outside. It's like, oh, yeah, they always sound the same. Like, you yeah, don't yeah. see I mean, how they, they change. Exactly the same, but. But, but I think that's part of it. I, I really, from listening to these artists that Taylor mentioned, I think they are ones that, you know, they're not flash in the pan. They've made small changes as the years have gone on and have raised the bar. And and that's what I Taylor's going to do with her music. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that subtle changes and raising the bar for yourself as an artist is what is going to make you stand the test of time rather than going from, you know, Disney teeny bopper to flying on a hot dog like Miley Cyrus. <laughs> she she flies on a hot dog? Uh, the, yeah. l- let's not even go here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, Steve, we were talking earlier, and you mentioned something about Ingrid Michaelson on Grey's Anatomy, and I have no idea what you were getting at, and I would love for you to clarify as to how that is relevant to Taylor. Okay, the reason it's relevant to Taylor is most Taylor fans know that she's a huge fan of the show Grey's Anatomy. She is? Yes. Yeah. Oh. I think that might be named yeah. after the main character. That was yes. sarcasm. I knew that. I knew, I knew <laughs> you knew that. I know you kind of, like, set me up for that. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of the... That's really where most people heard Ingrid Michaelson for the first time because she was really kind of an indie artist. So, you know, it was very she didn't even really have a record deal until the one of the producers of Grey's Anatomy heard her music and, you know, helped her get towards getting a, um, you know, deal there to release her album. I didn't know that. So yeah. what does this have to do with Taylor's fifth album? Well, I, I just think that, you know, Taylor has listened to Ingrid for a good long time now and she's heard her music and heard the way that she's changed over the years too uh, one of the things that I've noticed like Ingrid's last album which was Ingrid's fir- fourth album um, was very dark and I kind of relate that to Taylor's album Red now there was a couple of standouts that were kind of like you know a little more beat but most of the stuff was more the 22 of her yeah like there was 22 but but beyond that a lot of it was more you know like all too well and red and treacherous it was a very kind of dark album when you kind of sit back and look at it i mean i can only think of like two or three songs off the top of my head that were not positive (laughs) i mean that were positive so so that's kind of like ingrid's fourth album was the same way and I don't know what may have influenced it that way, but Ingrid's current album kind of has the things that I think Taylor's new album will have. She has c- collaborations with, you know, four different people on her new album, Lights Out. Um, I, I have a feeling Taylor's going to have some collaborations on her I album. I think she's going to have several collaborations, uh, to be you honest. You know, I don't know. Th- there's I some upbeat. She might, but, like, part of me, like, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, yeah, Taylor's gonna have like a lot of collabs, and then sometimes I wake up and I'm like, "What if Taylor goes back to like Speak Now, where it was like just her?" I don't know. Well, uh, we know that's not happening because we already know that Max Martin and uh, well, I don't mean like just Shellback her in involved. terms of writing, but just her in terms of singing. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I I think it's gonna be completely different. Uh, for instance, even the very beginning of Ingrid's new album, the the one that's or. Well, actually, the current single, uh, Girls Chase Boys, is a very upbeat, kind of poppy sound, you know, that we're hearing on the radio. And a lot of her other stuff, you know, it was the soundtrack to Grey's Anatomy kind of stuff. So you got to say that her music has has made quite a jump. Now, all of a sudden, it's like big on pop radio. And there's a couple other songs that I really like on the new album. They're very different. You know, it kind of reminds me of when you listen to one of Taylor's albums for the very first time and you hear just one of those songs that you're like wow I did not expect that this is kind of beginning to sound like what Sarah Bareilles does because I mean Sarah Bareilles is like that same like 
no, she's a song in songwriter, and you know she writes not about sad things, but like generally speaking, her songs. And she's are not going to write you a love song. <laughs> exactly, she's not going to write you a love song. And then she has songs like "Brave" that are all over the pop radio. But are great songs. I mean, "Brave" yeah, is an awesome, is awesome song. It's like an anthem. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, yeah, I would have to say that I would also compare Taylor to Sarah Bareilles on how yeah. their music has changed and has just gotten more amazing every single album. Yeah, I mean, like, you can, like, if you, like, compare, you know, Taylor's song with Sarah Breathe of Fearless to, like, you know, progression, you know, to Red, like, you can definitely see the progression that she's grown, but that she still kind of reaches for the same, I can't think of the word right now, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. You mean kind of stick with your same audience for some songs? Is that what you're saying? Okay. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> and, and I would say that was true for, for Ingrid, too. I mean, there's a lot of songs on there like Home. Uh, Wonderful Unknown is another one that is kind of a very classic sort of Ingrid sort of song. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's some tweaks and pushing some new boundaries, but it does kind of fit the mold as something that would be, you know, a good song that they would put on Grey's Anatomy. Definitely. So that's what I think it is, is you kind of have to, you know, and and. Taylor's last album had a lot of different song tones as it went through it. You know, some were a little more pop, some were a little more country, some were a little more, you know, sad, some were upbeat. It was it was all over the place, too. And I think that's what you need to do is, you know, you kind of have a smorgasbord of different songs and someone's going to find something they like on your album. Something for everyone. Exactly. Yes, sir. I agree with that. So Ingrid, is she gonna open for Taylor on well, I on the the Red Tour extended because apparently it's never ended. <laughs> let let's say that the Red Tour does end, and there is a fifth album that Taylor releases, and then there is a new tour that goes with the fifth album. Will Ingrid be the opener on that fifth tour? Well, fourth, whatever, however many tour, fourth tour. Fourth, and th- fourth this is fifth album. I would say probably no, only because like we've kind of established. Like, Sammy is a negative Nancy I, today. Yes. Everything I, I asked, really she said I'm no, really no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at least I have reasons for it. I mean, Ingrid, yes, give your reasons, Samantha. <laughs> Ingrid, like we've kind of established, style-wise, work, lyric-wise, music-wise, is very similar to Taylor. And I feel like Taylor likes to have openers that are different from her that so that, you know, she can open her audience eyes to new music. So, like, you know, Taylor introduced us, well, not introduced us, introduced some of us to Ed's music. You <laughs> right. know, obviously, Ed and Taylor, they have very different music styles. Um, and that, you know, opened the floodgates for, for Ed. And, you know, now we're all Ed fans in the entire history of the universe. Um, need to breathe like we talked about last week it's very different you know she, they're a christian rock band it's a very different style from taylor um kelly pickler completely 100 percent country even during fearless tour was considered different than taylor so i feel like taylor going for ingrid is kind of not going with the theme that she likes to go with with guys with well, guys, that's, but, <laughs> right. That, that's um, the only thing just, I see that would be an issue is it does seem like she gravitates more to having a, a male. Is Ingrid being, being a female and, working against her chances of opening for. T- no, I'm kidding. Right, don't but, don't yeah. answer that. And, but even if you look at like, you know, Fearless Tour where she had a group that had girls in it and Kelly Pickler, you know, the, the openers the generally are very, you know, strictly country act. And then there's the other big major supporting act that is usually a guy and is not usually a country act. So I don't see that happening personally. It would be cool if she did. Well, Ingrid's not a country act. I I mean, she's not a guy either, but I'm not holding Taylor to that. She is a female employer. Therefore, she can have a female employee. No, definitely. Honestly, (laughs) I'm not even going with the guy. I'm just going more music style that she likes to open our eyes to very very different music from her and i feel like ingrid is too similar yeah but you know you know what though here's the thing um you know she she started tweeting and things like that about ed before she announced 
the collaboration and that he would be opening for her on tour, right? She's mm-hmm. kind of doing the same thing with Ingrid, tweeting about her, things like that. Now, we've talked on several occasions about Taylor being a smart business person. And, Sammy, I know with you studying marketing specifically within the music industry, you must know about the idea of testing your market. Oh, definitely. So well, I can definitely see that she's doing that. But in my head, I feel like she's kind of testing the market more for her next album to see if her fans will like music that she might or might not be putting on her album as opposed to having her as an opener. Well, Sammy, you already rejected the claim that Ingrid inspired Taylor on this next album. Now you're rejecting the idea that she <laughs> is, she is test like marketing it. Ingrid for an opening. So so it's got to be one or the other. I mean, I she, she's or not she just, just promoting really Ingrid for her health. Right. There's, there's a lot of great artists out in the world. Why is she focusing on Ingrid? That's the question. Because <laughs> she has a cool <laughs> name like Ingrid. That is a cool name. It is. But, but I think part of it to me on why I believe that she could be the opener is I think Ingrid's at a part of her career that she is getting more mainstream popularity now without being like too mainstream. Because, you notice Taylor never has done like a super concert like Kenny Chesney, for instance, a couple years back had uh, Tim McGraw as his kind of like opener co-opener you know because sometimes there's been tours over the years that have been like mega t- two huge people together it's like a I mean, double headliner yeah and, and taylor's yeah. never done something like that George and I, I don't see that happening. happening in the future either but no, but i don't either but with ingrid she's kind of just right at that right point that she's has a fan base has some popularity and is not like a major artist that she would kind of fit into that ed mold and need to breathe mold where but then could we also say that the same thing for like ellie golding i mean we all know taylor's love for ellie golding right now that's a possibility she's supported her she's had her as a guest twice and yeah ellie golding has you know pop radio behind her but at the same time she's you know not massive so you could even say the same thing for ellie golding that, no i i think that's a legit possibility there too but the thing that's interesting is some of these similarities with ed you know she has a picture she's holding up ingrid's new album she's holding up you know ed's album previous to that be like a super girl tour and we'll have like taylor be the headliner and ingrid and ellie golding and lord that would be no whoa 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 sammy hold your tongue hold your tongue that would be the best tour ever if Lord ever opens for Taylor, I'm going late. Oh, <laughs> ouch! We're gonna make we're gonna make Adam a Lord fan. It's never gonna happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would actually be really awesome, and then she could get you know some smaller girl up and coming country singers for like the little openers, you know, it's like Danielle Bradbury or Daniel Bradbury kind of thing. Cool. Who happens to be on Taylor's label, so it would make sense for Taylor to help promote her. Yeah. I also do do want to point out with uh, this picture of uh, Taylor with Ed and his album and Ingrid and Taylor with Ingrid's album. uh, That was Maserati Swift on Twitter that put that picture together and said, I made this. Shout out. (laughs) Shout out. Maserati. But that really gets you thinking. It's a possibility. Taylor does stuff yeah. for a reason. Maybe we're going down the wrong path, but that's a possibility. Yeah, true. I, I think it know. is. It could very well be a market test, test market, market test, testing us to see if we like Ingrid. I do. Steve, I does. think you. I think you guys will too if you take a so listen. So Taylor, if you're out there listening, Steve says have Ingrid open, and what Steve and says I goes. I say have Lord open. No. <laughs> Absolutely Please. not. No. 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 In New York, so Adam doesn't have to see it. No. Madison Square Garden. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, one last thing before we wrap up our main discussion. Steve, for some reason, you put Steve's Ingrid Michaelson playlist in our notes here. I don't know why. That's just, these are the Ingrid Michaelson songs. Like, so this is kind of like the Cliff Snotes versions. If you want to just kind of experience her and. You know, these are the most popular. Okay, songs thank I you, like. Steve. Moving on with the. I'm kidding. I'll, gi- I'll <laughs> give you. Ch- I'll give you a chance. Uh, Steve. That's okay. No, that's it. I, I mean, if we put it there in the show notes, if you guys want to check it out, that's 
I think you'll enjoy some of those songs. Like, yeah, we we'll, also have to include the video for the song that Taylor tweeted. We'll we'll add that into yeah. uh, TaylorTalk.org slash episode one hundred and thirty. The show Ooh. notes there. Awesome. But that was a great discussion, guys. I, I think we're I think we're making some leeway here. Watch now when uh, album five comes out, it's gonna prove every discussion we've ever had on here completely <laughs> wrong. Be like Heck hardcore yeah. gangster rap, and we're gonna be like, oh. Okay, it's gonna be like that's that. okay. what Taylor meant by different. Oh, <laughs> it all makes sense that 2020 vision afterwards, you know. Hindsight's 2020. That's true. All right, so, so are we not gonna? Okay, never what? No, never mind. What? What were you gonna say, Sammy? I wasn't gonna say anything important. Doesn't matter. Okay, as long as it wasn't important, we'll move <laughs> on <laughs> to our uh, our mini segment here. You know your Swifty when if Swifties ruled the world. All submitted by you lovely listeners. So Steve's got the first one. Steve. Okay, the first one comes from Twitter from Swiftly Twinning. You know you're a Swifty when you literally have to force to call Taylor Swift. And when you do, it feels so unnatural. So in other words, I think it's kind of like, you know, most of the time we just call her Taylor. I don't call her Taylor Swift. No, no, no. Oh, right here on the show we refer to her as Taylor. Right. Yeah. But have I, we ever but, said Swift? Yeah, but sometimes you have to tell people Taylor Swift because you'll be like, oh, yeah, and then Taylor did this, and they're like, who? And then you're like, Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they're like, oh. You should know that already. Right. Yeah. yeah. When She should just be known like, first name basis, like Taylor. Everybody yeah. should know that's Taylor Swift. Yeah, buddy. Um, the next one comes from Liam Bowman one on Twitter. Uh, you know you're a Swifty when you end up spending most of your time searching for the next T-Swift item to buy. Hashtag addiction. Oh, that yeah. sounds like Ooh. an expensive addiction. Shop in the I, Taylor store. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor Nation, for putting all that stuff on sale. <laughs> Making us spending all our money on her on Taylor <laughs> merchandise. I'm sure I just bought her New York apartment for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Next one. Samantha sent us a text message, and I like this one. It's very relevant to me and very, very close to my heart here. Samantha said, if Swifties ruled the world, slot machines would have pictures of Taylor, Meredith, and Big 13s if you hit the jackpot. Ooh, that's I awesome. I would gamble if that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. And you would win money in multiples of 13. <laughs> That'd be like sweet. Like $13, $26, $39. I can't go no, any further than 13, that. My math skills aren't strong enough. Dollars. $13,000, whatever it happens 13, to be. 1331. I'll take 13 million. 113131. <laughs> uh, all right, I got the next one here. And this is from Emmy Jenk on Twitter. And it's, uh, you know you're a Swifty when Taylor inspired you to ask a guy to prom. Yeah. Aww, I hope said yes. Speaking of Taylor and prom, did you guys see the picture that Taylor liked on Instagram of the, the guy asking the girl to prom with, like, prom was written out with, a, like, a Taylor collage and he was playing Sparks Fly? It was really? so cute. That's cool. And Taylor liked it on Instagram. She's doing a lot of liking on Instagram like this. Oh, I like this. A lot of liking on Instagram. Taylor likes Instagram. And comments. <laughs> <laughs> um, this last one comes from SwiftyFan6 on Twitter. If Swifties ruled the world, radio stations would play at Taylor Swift 13 24 7. I'd support yeah. it. I would support it too, except then I would never get out of my car. Yeah, do you know what the problem is? Is I recently discovered, I, I, I got an Apple TV that I set up and. It has iTunes radio built in, and there is a station on there called Taylor Swift Radio. Oh, I'm familiar with that, yeah. Yeah, however, it in, in the small print, it says Taylor Swift Radio, Taylor Swift, and other artists. Well, you can vote it down so you don't have to hear them anymore. Like, sometimes mine plays a Zach Brown band, and I vote it down so I don't have to hear them. Except Zach it's Brown not Pandora, anymore. though. There's not that vote down feature. Like, mine you has can, it. I've done that before. You can skip, but you're limited on the number of skips you have that you're allowed i've never had a problem all right well thank wait, you to can, wait can i tell my taylor Swift oh radio gosh sammy okay go <laughs> <laughs> um so i was driving in my car the other day and the radio station decided to play should have said no which was a really really bad idea 
And so I turned it up really loud, and I was singing it with my Ray-Bans on. And the guy in the car next to me took the time to roll down his window and yell at me that my music was too loud. I stared at him with my Ray-Bans on. I smiled at him slightly, and I turned my music up and continued singing. Yeah! <laughs> you stuck it to him. Yes. Who does that anyway? Your music like, is too loud. Like, as soon as the like, red light's gone, they're not going to hear it anymore anyway. I know. Like, and he was, like, driving on the other side of the road. I was like, just keep driving. You won't hear it in a second. Yeah. <laughs> it was silly. Uh, I'm confused anyway. about the Ray-Bans part. I'm, like, almost wondering if we should, like, s- make sure that we have a statement that we are not officially endorsed by well, Ray-Bans. we're not affiliated with Ray-Bans. <laughs> I spent my own money on those Ray-Bans. Oh, my oh, okay. gosh. I wish Ray-Bans sponsored Taylor Talk. That'd be awesome to get free <laughs> Ray-Bans. If anybody out there listening has, like, uh, any connection, connection to Ray-Bans, to Ray-Bans. Hit, uh, you know, let us know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, thank you to everybody who sent those in. We really appreciate it. Keep it coming for future weeks. Before we wrap up, we've got one last segment for you. What are Swifties listening to? Where we share with you music that uh, other Swifties out in the community send to us. And, um, well, they they suggest it for you. They think you should listen to it because they're really enjoying it. However, this week, we actually have two of them. And neither of them are from listeners of the show. (laughs) Really? One is from Taylor Swift herself, who says we should listen to Wonderful Ingrid Unknown Davis. by Ingrid Michaelson. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that's that one. And then the other one I added here to our notes. So this one's kind of from me. But uh, Big Machine released a song by various artists uh, on the label called Give Em Hope. The reason I want you guys to all pay attention to that song is because it's Big Machine's effort to raise money for Feeding America, which is a charity that helps feed undernourished people. And 100% of the net proceeds from that song are donated to Feeding America. So you can just go on iTunes, uh, look up Give Them Hope, or we'll have it linked in the show notes for you guys at taylortalk.org slash episode 130. But like I said, you know, it's a worthwhile cause, helps hungry people get food in their bellies, and uh, it's sponsored by Big Machine. So... Definitely go check it out because if nothing else, it's a good song and you'll enjoy it. Right, Steve? Right, sir. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate the support, even though I had to ask for it. (laughs) All right. So I think that just about does it for episode 130 of Taylor Talk. Uh, Remember, guys, if you want to contact us, submit for the mini segments, whatever you want to do, reach out to us. There's a multitude of ways to do so you can of course email us taylortalk at taylorswift13.org you can tweet us facebook us taylor connect us or ask us question on ask fm all to the username taylortalk13 and i feel guilty because i still haven't checked the ask fm in a long time and i promised Uh-oh. i would i'm sorry Uh-oh. i was waiting for a sassy comment from one of you guys it never came that's <laughs> all right uh, <laughs> other methods of contact you can of course leave us a voicemail or text message to area code 240-31-SWIFT. If you don't want those international rates and you're not in the U.S., you can, of course, leave us a voicemail directly on taylortalk.org, and we'd love to hear from you. We'll play it here on the show. You'll hear yourself on Taylor Talk. It'll be a whole lot of fun. We'll all have, like, a party and celebrate and jump up and down. It'll be a blast. Cool? Yeah. Cool. All right. So that officially wraps it up for episode 130 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us for the last 50 minutes or so, however long it's been. We appreciate you. Remember, you can subscribe. I'm rambling on too much. I'm just going to say bye. (laughs) Bye, everyone. This has been Adam. I'm Sammy. And Steve. Saying we will see you all next week for 131. Bye. Bye, guys. Go listen to Ingrid. Oh, gosh, Steve. (laughs) See you guys. (laughs) All right, bye. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.